Hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode number 22 of the Under the Cloud podcast. Um, I want to say before we get started today that uh, I know it's been a little bit since we've had another episode and I know that if you're listening to these later on and you're listening to them in order, you won't really know that, uh, but there's a lot going on. We have a lot of, uh, you know, we had softball that kind of took over. Uh, quite a bit of our spring and now that that's over we're in the summer we're in the hot hot days of summer uh, and here in southwest Louisiana I don't know if you've ever been familiar with that or if you've ever heard of it uh, but it was uh, it reached 100 today and uh, in the studio that I'm in um, it can really get up there in temperature so one of the things that I'm in the in the process of doing is uh, trying to figure out a better way of cooling the room so that you don't have to listen to an AC, you know, humming over top of our conversation. Uh, in today's episode, I really had no choice because <laughs> it was starting to get pretty warm. And so we had a fan running. So you'll you'll hear it. But I do believe that if God is in it and he's anointed the conversation, that eventually you'll just tune it out. And um, and I don't think we've referenced it too many times, but, but there's a good chance we did. <laughs> so uh, today's episode number 22. And I'm hoping that episode number 25, that we can break off into um, uh, denominational stuff and start doing that. I know I've said at the beginning that this is a three-part uh, denominations, testimonies, and conversation. Uh, and we've done mostly conversation and testimonies. We're only that. We have not done a denominational one yet. Uh, so I'm hoping to get fired off in that. I'm also uh, part of the AC issues or the of, of the studio issues. And it's not really an issue. I mean, we're still recording. It sounds pretty good. But one of the things that we have to work with is the internet. And I have to just buckle down and get the internet into this room so that I can do over the phone videos or Skype videos uh, and and record uh, interviews with that. And in doing that, will open up so many windows for me. I don't have to meet people at a certain time. I don't have to worry about logistics. And there's much I can just spend an hour on the phone with them on a Tuesday night and get a great episode of good content for you guys. So looking forward to that. I know I've been promising that for a while and, uh, and it's really my intent to do that. It's just not been as easy because of, you know, every life, you know, Hey, you know, that's what it is when you have five kids and, you know, church and work and, and marriage and all that stuff, you know, this, this is a hobby, but it's also something I want to do for the kingdom. So I'm trying to give uh, my full, complete quality work here and sometimes that means that there will be less of it so that way i am giving quality i don't want to put out a subpar uh product in in the uh hopes of of a large amount of products so uh i hope you guys understand that um i want to make sure that we do a good job here so because we're representing god we're representing the kingdom and uh, his people so i want to make sure we do that properly so uh thank you for bearing with me on that explanation <laughs> today is actually father's day uh i'm recording this intro on father's day uh, a couple days ago i had a really good friend of mine joseph Touye. we all know him as joe Touye. uh he's the my first cajun guest and uh, he come he came in and we talked about fatherhood and in his perspective and uh, really backs up what he believes in through scriptures and stuff like that. And I uh, had a great time talking with him. 
you know, and I do know that some people may have some, you know, they may disagree a little bit with what he says, and we're not here to say that this is what you should do, although it's not a bad idea, but, you know, just take it as you will and, and listen and, and uh, pray about it, and if you got anything you want to say to it, then just let us know, and we'll uh, maybe get you on the next time, so... Yeah, I guess that's all I want to say. Oh, yeah, you can always email us. Remember, email at uh, underthecloudpodcast at gmail.com. Underthecloudpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, give us suggestions. Give us some reviews. What is it that you like? You don't like it? Give us an idea. We want to do a good product. You know, we're only, what, 22 episodes in. So I want to make sure that what we put out is good so that when we get to episode number 100, We've corrected something now that instead of doing it over and over and over again uh, for 80 episodes or more. So anyway, I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, without any further ado, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to talk about you, to talk about your kingdom, to talk about what it means in the scriptures, what you want us to be as dads in the the church, dads in our homes and in the kingdom. Lord, I ask that you just anoint this conversation and help us to continue to do what you want us to do when it comes to our families. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today I have Joe Touye. He's my first Cajun guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I didn't know all that. Yeah. Yeah. Tuye, uh, you'll see it's written in the show notes, and that's, and that's how you pronounce it, Tuye. So um, so I met Joe at church, like I said one time. For a long time, everybody that's on here is going to be somebody I went to church with, most part. So like, um, but uh, he, I asked him, like I do a lot of times, to say to come up with a topic. And... Um, and he, he messaged me and said, I want to do one on being a dad. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then everything's happened since. <laughs> and it's probably been six months or yeah, more yeah, uh, since so. you said that. And I have no problem with that. Um, and I wanted to do that. And then the other day I thought, hey, it's Father's Day weekend. Uh, we should do that. And then we was kind of working it out. And then I uh, was trying for last weekend, so we'd have it out in time. But um it don't really matter because nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> not with that attitude, they're not. Uh, but Joe, thanks for being here, and uh, thank I, you for having me. I even mentioned to him the other day: uh, make some, make an outline, figure out what you want to do. Joe is, uh, you've been in church a while, so it's not like yeah. this is new to you. So tell us about yourself a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, on off of that, this is the first time I've done a podcast. So like, oh. I've never, um, you know, you write sermons, you write messages, you write little Bible studies, but man, I was lost in the sauce on this. I was <laughs> like, I don't even know how to do this. Like a podcast, I listen to them all the time. But uh, yeah, so 
Uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and got to start off with that because that's important. And I was uh, in. I went in in 03. I got hurt in 04 in the Battle of Fallujah, and then they retired me in 09. And it was in 07, working my way onto another deployment that the night before I left, my brother called me and I was in Camp Pendleton about to fly out. And he was like, man, are you going to heaven? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I was raised Catholic. So, you know, of course, you just need to be Catholic and, you know, you go to heaven. And uh, and so he was like, well, why? And I was like, well, I'm a good guy. I try to get things and stuff like that. And he goes, well, that's not good enough. And so he started to read scripture to me. And he was like, have you ever confessed with your mouth? You know, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. I was like, well, no, not really. And so it was right there, day before uh, deployment, that I accepted Christ. Um, and the whole point of that deployment for me, I weaseled my way onto it, really, was to go out there and leave it all on the battlefield, never come back, because I had survivor's guilt. But that changed, man. Uh, from that day, it changed. Uh, I was over, I was a dog handler, so I was over a kennel area, AO. And instead of going on a lot of missions, man, I just sent the young guys and just read the Bible and studied and things like that. And one thing led to another. Um, once I get out, uh, started ministry with some of it being veterans and different things like that. Um, host hospitality mission work uh say probably about 10 years worth of just solid ministry uh worked with victims of human trafficking at a safe house and one way or another i found myself from gonzalez louisiana here in the ritter and rose pine area and that's how me and jonathan met and so for the most part i think i've done just about every part of uh church ministry except for youth and um you know, just a lead pastor type role, which is fine with me. <laughs> For both so of those you're areas. originally from Gonzales. Yeah, I'm originally from Gonzales. That's between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Um, a real Cajun area, uh, Catholicism area. They're kind of synonymous with each other uh, growing up. And so um, now I'm currently in the process of moving back there um, to be close to my children, have them and see them more. And, you know, my parents are getting older and to be there for them as well. Right. And uh, it's been it's been an interesting move. I owned a ranch out here with cattle and hay and, you know, essentially 180 acres at my disposal to have fun and work on. And now I got a one acre plot and I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how to adjust to this and new traffic all over again. Yeah. And so it's a challenge, but it's all worth it. You know, it's, it's, it's worth it to be able to be around my children more and to be able to sow into them more and already seeing the benefits like substantially from that. Right. Uh, both for myself and, you know, what I feel as a father and then also through my children. And so now I'm pretty much in a position where it's a 50-50 custody with my, my former uh, wife. And that's good. I think that's a good thing. You know, not the divorce part. That, that's what it is. But it's still essentially important that children get to see both, you know, the, the father and, and the mother the same. I think that's very important. Right. Because so. they're both important in their way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can have a... Uh a substitute. Yeah. And sometimes that substitute's great. But yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that substitute doesn't understand or is the connections might not be there. Um, I have great step parents. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, and, and me and my sister joke sometimes about how we like our step parents more than our parents, you know, because sometimes they get <laughs> aggravating, you know, but not, not really, but just, um, 
but you know, like, so for Father's Day, um, the, my dad pointed out years ago that <clears throat> Mother's Day is for how good moms are and Father's Day is for how bad dads are. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I wish he wouldn't have said that because maybe I'd have never noticed it, but it, it, and that is, you know, it's the, it's the case. Dads are, are lesser people now. Um, yeah. And they have been for my whole life, you know, maybe not so much. I, I grew up, uh, real quick on mine to kind of fit the context here. Uh, I grew up in, uh, in a very Christian home, uh, you know, Protestant home, but not, um, not perfect you know it had its issues and uh my parents divorced when i was 11 and uh and we moved to another state uh which was a total of about 20 miles from where i grew up (laughs) so it was really close but it was another state so it made for challenges you know back then it was long distance to call it was yeah you couldn't just get on your bicycle and ride because it was like you know it was uh it was a challenge you know and it was a um but so as a as a dad, I have five kids, so I've used what I've seen and the good and the bad yeah. and, and make it work, you know. So it, it's, you got your scriptures that leads you, you know, like we always talk about, uh, you know, in the military or at work, um, sometimes you learn what not to do yeah. as much as you learn what to do from somebody. Absolutely. And even even though they're, they're not trying to teach you, excuse me, you just see how they act and you're like, ah, I don't really want to do that, you know? Yeah. But, and so, but anyway, so take over, man. Let's, let's see what you got. Yeah. So pretty much, I guess I'm on this. Hey, look at that. What's that? Did you turn to Jeremiah 31? Cause I was there. Yeah. Cause okay, I, saw I just happened to open it up. Yeah. It. it wasn't that divine of a thing. It's just, I saw it on there. So <laughs> I, I put it on your... my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, that, that's so awesome. I just random. Like, no, I just opened to open my Bible there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was wondering because you were saying where it was like, well, he's right there, so I'm going to put on the same thing. But, uh, so lately I've been on, I guess, not the part I want to focus on because that's not what we're doing, but, you know, over, I guess, three years, somewhere around there ago, uh, my wife, former wife and I, we had split. And it's amazing how good you think you are of a father or a husband and then something dramatic like that happens and it really makes you reevaluate everything in life mm-hmm. and for me it looked like okay some people they just do it and they go on they say oh it's the other person other person this and that and for me i looked at it i was like okay i can't do nothing about the situation besides pray for it and that was done but the situation it seemed like the, the marriage was done in that part so you have to look at it okay God has this, I'm not going to say it was his plan, because I don't think that is God's plan, but God definitely knew this was going to happen. Right. So what? this is where I'm at. This is what's happening right now. God knew I would be here right now looking at this, so what am I to learn from it? Right. And so I look at different things, and some of it was, okay, I can do this different as a father, or uh, this different as a husband, but as time came, I really, God just put on me to really just absorb being a father. And the importance of being a father. And with that, I really kind of reinvented myself as a father. How I thought, um, and wasn't, I don't think I was a bad father. I just don't think I was re- reaching the potential that we as men um, can grow to and contribute to our children. You had said, you know, how Father's Day, your, your, your father said at Father's Day that it shows how bad of a father you are. 
Well, I think, and you said how kind of fathers get on the back burner, and I think that's a big societal uh, and a Christian problem that we have that really needs to get worked on. I believe stay-at-home moms are absolutely wonderful, and they've really taken a big load. But for me, I started to see, okay, why is that? What does the scripture say? Why are we so comfortable with providing the money and coming in and, and relaxing on the couch or whatever else or doing something with the kids every once in a while? What does the Bible say our role is and what, what we should do and how it lines up with today? So I started to look, and of course, you you know, I can you look at scriptures very very even kill on what it means to be a father a husband essentially a head of the household right and as a head of the household one of the things i was looking at let me see if i got it in my notes yeah i believe that was one timothy i think it's three first timothy <laughs> Did i say one timothy <laughs> yeah i'm looking at two different notes the way it's wrote uh first timothy three. well that's the way they do it in europe by the way oh really they like, say one timothy oh, instead of one corinthians yeah, i was just being fancy so <laughs> really all it is is just <laughs> here we go <laughs> theology i mean theology <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not uh salvational yeah. when it comes to those things but so i started looking at that and uh first timothy three what First Timothy three and really it starts with one. And now what this is is qualifications of some, depending on your version, uh, overseer, a, a deacon, a bishop, a pastor, what what that means, right? And how an overseer is what mine says. Yeah, overseer. That's the one I have right now. Um, and so what it ends up coming to once you start to get in there, it talks about how these are the things that you need to have in a person that's going to be in that position and it goes further to say that um if a man does not know how to rule his house how will he take care of the church of god so i look at this and i'm not saying hey let's let's build a a big um empire off of this and this is dead what the bible says but my interpretation reading this was if it says these are the things you need to be and do the qualifications of a deacon overseer pastor and it says that if he does not know how to rule his own house, how can take up the church of God? They should be, as a leader of your home, a pastor of your home, you should be able to be all this to your home and your children. Then that will qualify you for a position in the church. I'm not saying you have to have all these things or whatnot. I'm saying more or less this is, a, is an extension of what it looks like to be a father, uh, yeah. a good father. And so you look at it and... It's, of course, being... These are the things I really like. Um, must be blameless. Uh, husband to one wife. You have to have a good temperament, a sober mind, good behavior, hospitable, uh, not given to wine, violence, greed of money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his house well, having his children submission with all reverence. Uh, so it goes on. And these are the things it's saying as a father. And what I'm seeing is this is a teacher. Uh, is, is kind of how, you, how I, I break this down. The number one role as a father for me is to be a teacher, uh, to be a pastor of the home, a rabbi. You would say, you know, hey, teacher, teacher. Yeah. Why, you know, so that's what I see. You're a rabbi at home. You're a teacher of your home, a pastor of your home, overseer. And with that, the number one thing is teaching your children. And for me, I look at this and some of this is me putting it from God. This is some of this from my personal life experience that is based off of the bible but i think we take such a big step back for what and how we can be teaching our children uh i think every moment that we are with our our children 
opens a possibility for us to be up to teaching something to them. Right. Um, whether it's, you know, I looked at things and I started looking through the Bible and the things that I see we could be doing is one is first and foremost is God. Because once you start teaching them about God, about who he is, about the scripture, all these other things fall in place. So that goes into love. That goes into marriage, relationships. And if we want to get more into that, you got family, friends, what it means to be relationships with a family, with friends, with businesses, as a customer, like everything. And I may be like, man, that's a little extreme. So let's say I'm going to Walmart and we need to buy something my, my children with me, which I now almost have my children with me all the time when I have them, which is something I didn't do before right. because I thought, oh, you know, it's going to slow me down, this or that. And I realized, man, Joe, that's dumb. Uh, <laughs> you, every Everything you can do, if you can't do it with your children, figure out how you can. Yeah. Because they're going to... Outside of work. Outside yeah. of work. Uh, yeah. Now, that, I'm not saying take away the work because that is a big part. And by doing that, you are teaching your children. Right. You know, how to work, how to provide, uh, the attitude when you come home from work, all right. of that because children are sponges, man. Yeah. And now I got a six, well, about to be six and a seven-year-old, a boy and a girl, and they are definitely in that sponge thing. But when I say like relationships, how you're up acting in a business, so... You know the whatever it costs ten dollars well hey son this is what happens so you go to the store and you buy this from these people they provide the service and this thing if you don't have it then we pay them the money and then we receive it uh whatever it is so we give the person the money they say whatever give you change and you say to them thank you have a nice day so that takes what i don't know five eight seconds to do that but we miss those opportunities because those little things, every single time that you're somewhere with them and you just explain life, right. that just goes into their heads. You, you're you teaching them, one, manners. You're teaching them behavior, how to be courteous, even if the person's mean to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, that's one thing I do. And now they get excited. Hey, Daddy, can I, can I pay the person well it's with a card you can put it in the machine and say all right so i explain okay <laughs> some someone was like how much is on that gift card and i was like this is a debit card son <laughs> i was like it doesn't work that way so then i got the opportunity to explain to him because this is the thing if you're not doing it as a father uh who is right yeah so you're going to be entrusting the growth of your children into somebody else's hand whether it's the internet which oh yeah. <laughs> Please yeah, no. Schools you know, or school or whatever else. Yeah. And so, you know, you have that. Another way we could teach them um, attention. You said at work, you know, well, you got to do work. Well, one way you can teach them is by example, when you come home, spend time with them. When you first come home, maybe 10 minutes or whatever, because they're going to end up applying that to their life when they're older. You know, my, they're going to say, I mean, possibly, uh, man, I remember as a kid, my dad worked and he worked and he provided for our family made sure we have whatever we needed but when he came home he made sure he had time for us that we weren't on the back burner we he wasn't just providing for us as as something in the family we meant something to him right and i think those are things and i had to reprogram my whole life because i was missing these opportunities uh to show him what a godly father is because no matter how hard our day is how much we struggled that day no matter how hard it was and how tired we are our father god he's always there for us right, he, he yeah. can make any attention for us any time i guess you would say for us and so by doing simple things like that 
we're showing them the first thing that we should be teaching about is God. And so I'm gonna I'm talking a lot, man. No, I'm right. passionate. I about was just this, gonna man. say the one thing that I was gonna throw in there um, is, and you kind of hit on it. You're talking about each every, each and every opportunity that you have to show them something. And there's gonna be times when there's a rush. You ain't got time to show yep. them. Um, and I always hated, and and then of course you got to do it. As I was a kid, I hated it. Well, you'll just understand later, you know. <laughs> you know but, but there's truth to that, you know. Absolutely. Like you see something going on, and you're like, eh. you know, like man, I wish the kids didn't see that. Well, what was that, Daddy? Uh, I'll explain it later, you know. Yeah. Like, and hopefully you'll forget about it, you know. But like, um, they they say that. What well, I don't even know if there's a number. If they just make up a number, it's, you know how it's they do. Three. That's a biblical. <laughs> it, it's it's a much higher number than that. Oh, okay. uh, like wondering. the the. The amount of communication as nonverbal is is extraordinarily high. Whatever, seventy five percent more. Anyway, so like you, you learn. Let's go with it. You, you uh, uh, like they say, eighty percent, eighty two point five percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so like the the idea that you know the way you the way you kind of look at somebody, the way you kind of turn your body, you fold your arms, right. stuff like that. People can. You know, even though they don't understand all of the mannerisms and what they mean, they pick up on that. They see, hey, well, this person's not interested in what I'm saying, or they don't want any part of what I'm doing. Or you can say, oh, man, that guy's excited, or that woman's excited with the conversation we're having. Um, so, you know, a lot of communication is done nonverbal. A lot of a lot of how we teach our kids is nonverbal, Absolutely. too, because um, I saw today going in the, uh, the store before I had to get some stuff. Uh, this is a lady um, was holding a baby. But making like her eight-year-old push the buggy that wasn't even theirs to the buggy cart. Correct. Oh, wow. And uh, and then so he and he did it the first time, and then the guy the 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 buggy pushers there, and uh, when he did it the first time, the guy's like, "Hey, thank you." That little boy ran and got another buggy that somebody left. <laughs> exactly. And I thought that yeah. was really good. But I've seen on the internet once where the there was a guy that made every one of their kids, you know, like so if they're coming out of a store, you know, a box store, whatever. And, and there's and they got their buggy or the cart and you know sorry I'm from Georgia so uh, uh, hey I'm a buggy guy I, I got you. so if they if they got their buggy and he'll make all the kids go get a buggy that people left and yeah. park them and like and so and you think that's silly and is it necessary no um, is it over the top maybe uh, but it, it, it's you're, you're teaching them that it's important to have order, you know? Right. And, and so whether that's done, you don't know what that person's going to do. You know, like I always teach my kids, I've always told them, you know, pick up a piece of trash, you know, like right. eh, depends on where that's you're at. I won't, I won't, I won't let them pick up a dirty mask in the parking lot yeah. during, at Walmart. That ain't happening, you know, but, uh, if there's something there, grab it, pick it up, throw it away. You know, it's not that hard to do. Um, yeah, it might be the military, like, police, your police ever, you know, and, and there's some there's some really good things that that we can teach just by doing it ourselves, and that's yeah. the so the, I didn't even write this in my notes. I don't have notes. Uh, <laughs> years ago, we were in this situation. Was in um, um, I think it was in Georgia still before we moved to Louisiana, and uh, I noticed that the pastor's daughter was very rebellious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, but she was coming, she came around, but uh, there for a while it was very rebellious. And then something kind of just clicked and, and maybe it's just God pouring some revelation in me, but he was talking about the God was telling me and showing me that out of hypocrisy is where rebellion comes from. Mm-hmm. So if we say, don't do this, don't do that. And then we are caught doing this and that, 
especially by impressionable children, then they will become rebellious to what we say. Right. So you have to make sure that what you're teaching is what you're doing. Exactly. Or, or on the other side of that is if what you're teaching you're not doing, you have to admit it. Yep. You can't say, do as I say, not as I do, but you can say, hey, you shouldn't do that and neither should I. Yeah. You know, no, and, I and, agree. and so that, that, that is very important to, to, when we're teaching our children, it, it's to, to just have that like lackadaisical. Of course, every time we try to record one, I get blown up on my phone. Uh, I didn't think you were, you were this popular. I'm not. <laughs> this is tax collector. Uh, bill collector. <laughs> That's no, it's biblical. Not, it's not. Uh, but anyway, so like, it, it's very important to be uh, oh, transparent with our children because they yeah. see it. They see you. They watch you. They know what you're saying at church. They know what you say, what you believe, but when they're watching you, you make sure you, what you're doing is the equivalent. So, and, and I think with that, one of the things that uh, my son does to me every so once in a while, so he he's I have what I would call the pleasure of being the father of a, a high functioning uh, autistic child, and he is very orderish uh and he remembers everything and it has to be by the book if he right. knows that's how it is that's how it's got to be there's not a lot of variation and so i may do something he was like daddy you said we can't do that why did you do that you were wrong this and that and so what i've learned one is not to sell our children short um and what i mean by that is you know what he called on that he's right and i'm wrong so then it comes on the other part as parents and as fathers it's okay to have humility because uh, that's something we want to teach our children. Right, so yeah. when Noah, if he says something, I'm like, you know what? You know what, buddy? You're right. Daddy was wrong. I did not realize it, but I am so happy that you noticed it and you let me know. So that way I don't do it again in the future. This is the Andy Griffith episode? <laughs> Probably so. You know, like, which I don't I like that show that much, but there's the one episode where the uh, he wouldn't let his boy sell the bicycle because it was a busted up bicycle. <laughs> And or Andy wouldn't let Opie sell it because it was a busted up bicycle. You don't lie to your friends until right. it was busted up. But then he was trying to like, kind of sell a house and kind of like skirt by. It. And then Opie's like, uh, "What about this? What about that?" And he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, Daddy, you told me I can't do it." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know like that's it." And so yeah, they'll call you on it. You yeah. gotta be really careful, that, especially that, when you that, got five of them, man. They'll, they'll, yeah, they team uh, up on you. <laughs> now I've got to say some extra prayers for you. Now I didn't think about that, but uh, but also you can't sell them short by explaining oh you know this is grown up stuff my, my son or my daughter whoever they're not going to explain not under, understand it but I've come to explain everything to them whether they get it or not and you'll be surprised how much they appreciate it uh, let's say hey daddy how does I mean this is a silly example but how does water or the rain happen and you can just say well you have the, from the sky clouds come and that's it Man, I try to go through the whole entire process as best as I could to teach them that part. And, man, they become sponges because you're giving them the attention, you're teaching them things. But you'll be surprised how much they actually understand from that because then a week from there, it starts to get dark and say, Hey, Daddy, now this is Noah. <laughs> hey, Daddy, you remember this time you said this? Now you see the clouds. That means this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Isn't that right, Daddy? And I'm like, yes, you are 100% right. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, and you'll be surprised. And so for me, to some extent, there's nothing when you're looking for teaching opportunities. Don't sell your kids short. 
Right. You know, you, you, I see too many, and I've been guilty of it. Uh, that's, uh, Daddy, why is it? Oh, that's just the way it is. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, I could do that, or I can spend an extra minute actually explaining it to my child, and right. no, no harm. It's only good. You know, one of the things is like, why don't, why was I doing that? Why was I dismissing my child in there and whatever it was? Does God do that to us? You know, does he, hey, God, this and that, this and that. And God, you know, you look through scripture, he's not just ignoring, uh, there might be some punishments depending on what it is, but God is always there to listen to us. So if they're saying this and we just keep blowing them off, blowing them off, blowing them off, that is one, we're not taking the opportunity to be able to teach our children and explain to them. And we're not showing them, we say, oh yeah, but you know what? God, our father, he always listens. Well, right. Daddy, you don't. You know what, son? Thank you very much. I really appreciate you telling me that. Thank you for pointing <laughs> it out. I'm going to make a change. <laughs> and so is one yeah. of those deals. Yeah. But, and uh, you don't always listen to me either. So how about yeah, that? exactly. I said two already. You didn't move yet. Uh, <laughs> don't make me go to three. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> when it goes to teaching them, like this is something that just really I've been absorbing as much as I can and so I'll just look at different things and some of this is just based off of what our world looks like today it's like okay we need to teach our kids priorities we need to teach our kid money like why at school are we learning like these great long equations but we're not teaching them how to balance their their own finances you know so hey school's not doing it so much we've got to do that we've got to teach them hey if my kid wants to see numbers there's going to be a point where I say, okay, I'm going to give you an example. I might not show my own numbers because that's too much, I think, for them stress-wise to see how poor I am. Well, why um, are those numbers red, Dad? Why yeah. are they red? <laughs> but I'm going to, yeah, you know what? Hey, buddy, I don't have time right now, but I tell you what, how about tomorrow at this time? We'll set it, and I'll explain to you how that works. Yeah, well, there's know? red numbers and black numbers. We'll yeah, like, later, yeah. So, Daddy, that low number is that. Why we didn't get this for Christmas? Correct, son. <laughs> Wait, that's, a, that's a big number, Daddy. Yeah, but it's red red and there's a, there's a check mark or a dash next to it yeah but right. see that's that's what's kind of amazing though like to think about how you you, you mentioned it earlier don't don't sell them short there's right. obvi- obviously if you're going to get into you know bump theory and how electricity moves through power lines yeah right i don't really need to get into that right but you know and and there's still a theory like you know, the, as to whether how power runs through it, or whether it runs around it, or whether it's both, or whether it's this that. There's still, I mean, there's still people arguing about that now. So if I just say, I'm "Hey, just here eating the, popcorn," the, the, line, the line's down, you ain't got no power. Yeah. Boom, that's it. A guy just texted me just now. Yeah, he goes, "Well, I don't have power at my house." It was uh, Eli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, awesome. he said uh, well, I don't have power to my house. I said, because electrons aren't flowing through the power lines. You know, like, you know, just being smart. But, you know, so you like, can teach this to your friends just as much as your children. But that, so, uh, so it's also, don't sell yourself short either, right. as well as the parent or as the kids, because, you know, there's, there's like my third, second boy, number four, Josiah, mm-hmm. uh, I used to call him by numbers. It was easier that way. Um, but Josiah is like that dude, man. He 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 knows stuff about it. Uh, we got that Google thing, and he just oh, yeah. stands in front of it all the time. Like, okay, Google, how much does a blue whale weigh? Yeah. How, okay, Google, how many how many how many teeth does this thing have? How many this this and he re- and just sucks it in and remembers it. But what he's ha- what we're ha- what we've been dealing with sometimes with him is. 
okay, yeah, that's what you're interested in, but I'm not, you know, like, yeah. I'll, li- I'll listen to what you're saying because that's kind of cool sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'll show him whale videos or watch articles about whales. I picked up a book about whales and dolphins just because I knew he'd enjoy reading through it. And, but, you know, is it, you got to teach all, all of it is, you know, as they learn, you have to understand that you can learn too, or you right. can, and that's, that's something that's kind of cool is, uh, is, well, especially with the internet now, is that if they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, y'all can look it up together, yeah. you know. You don't have to, uh, once, I always tell the story about how when I was a kid, I asked my dad uh, how big a certain lake was, and he goes, I don't know. And it's because he didn't know. Yeah. He just knew that it was bigger than the other lakes or smaller or whatever. And now you can say, you know, hey, Google, how big is Lake Burton? And it'll tell you yeah. exactly how big it is. And so, like, or you can look that stuff up together or learn together, you know. So, and it, showing your, you know, your how vulnerable you are yeah. and the fact that, hey, I don't know everything either, you know. And yeah. so. Uh, it, it, and you're teaching them humility. You're teaching them modesty. You teach them, hey, it's okay not to know everything and be perfect. Right. You know, yeah, your first job, let's say, as a father might be, for me, you know, where I'm at in life is, is to be a teacher, and that obviously embodies a lot of things. But, you know, I know parents, I played ball growing up, and you have those parents that they want to sow so much into their kid about, let's say, baseball, whatever else, but they do it to an extent in a way that is so harsh to where the kids turn the other way right. or they're doing it to please their parents or uh, the parents are trying to get them to a certain point to be perfect so to speak and that's something we can't we can't do I, I believe as fathers is expect and put that pressure on the kids because bottom line is nobody is perfect you know Jesus is perfect and you can explain you know he is the one he is the, the son of God he can be perfect but look at all these people that hung out with him they were very imperfect you know they had issues and stuff like that it's okay to have issues but as long as we're trying to learn and be better you know and you get a lot to a different conversation there repentance and everything else but I think that's the thing when you to also not put so much pressure on them to where we turn them away um, because I have a whole slew of scriptures I wrote on that about children but I'm going to rustle through papers and it's going to sound like a hurricane's coming through here and the mic's probably well the fan's probably already doing that <laughs> I'm not turning I turned AC off I'm not turning the fan off I'm yeah. burning up so you, you can't be so stern to where you turn them away right um, so and, and, are you comparing real fast are you comparing the the living vicariously through softball and baseball and sports to yeah. church life because I've never thought about that before yeah. and how you know like Isabel plays softball she's yeah. a bang up little catcher yeah. she's picking it up she's very athletic picking the stuff up I don't want her to play just because I want her to play I want her to play because she right. wants to play I don't want her to play all stars because I want her to have fun Yeah, and I don't want her to be on the team with coaches that are are living vicariously through their kids you know yeah. like hey let's just play let's just have a good time you know like and we got to do the same thing when we're talking about god i can't That's I, it. I didn't live it right as a kid so let me beat this in your head right and, which is show you a god that's not really god you yep. know like that so i've never thought about it like that and it kind of hurts my heart to think about like well that was actually something i wrote when i was looking i, I saw when that. i was doing I saw notes that. it was somewhere yeah <laughs> i didn't it was I'm something joking. in there about how okay so i i, I done different types of ministry with kids without kids and been in ministry where obviously most people as they get older they have kids in ministry and whatnot and one of the things that 
through, I guess, my, my awakening of what I can be better as a father, uh, a, a future husband and everything else that I was looking at is how good was I or wasn't I as at pri- prioritizing my children in ministry? Was I more concerned about their growth, them learning about God and whatnot than this guy that came to church on Sunday is really struggling and he keeps calling, I'm doing what I can to help to him is making sure I'm able to be at church for this and meet this meeting and do that and put together this this sermon and whatever else, is that taking precedence over sowing into my children? Now, there's some pastors I've seen that can balance that exceptionally well. I've also seen some pastors to, pastors to where they reverse that and they're looking for the flock for, that's outside, you know, versus the one that's right there in right. their home. And my encouragement would be to it, to anybody that finds themselves in that thing, stop everything else and get to your family. That Because I've seen families break apart so much and this and that. It, it means nothing if you can sow into all these other people and give them all the attention. But the one that God has bestowed for you, that right. came from you, you can't do that to them. There's nothing, in my opinion, this is me just going through church life. And yes, if, if you say, and you have to put together kind of some scriptures to get this completely, if you're the pastor of your home or family's ministry first, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back from ministry so you can minister to those that's in your walls, that's in your home. Well, because it says that if you can't control your home, then how are you going to exactly. do it? So there, there may need to be a reset. That's it. That. And I, I remember years ago, um, Kurt Franklin, uh, nope, what was it Kurt? What's his name? The actor, Kurt Cameron. Cameron. He was doing an interview with somebody, and uh, and the guy said made a comment about how your first ministry isn't what God's called you to do in the sense of like pulpit or or evangelism and stuff. It's that your first ministry is your family. That's it. And you can see him. It it it. He checked on it. Like he's uh uh, uh but. It, that's so true you know yeah. like because what good is it for me to help you know thousands of people go to heaven if all five of my kids burn exactly. in hell you exactly. know exactly and granted you got thousands versus five but yeah. you know like those those and that's so hard to say that yeah because you know because as an evangelist or you, you that is your purpose but um billy graham said something once when you know and of course all of his children are good you know they're yeah. they're preaching teaching they're in church active but he said that his biggest regret is not spending more time at home yep you know the greatest evangelist probably of all time really the touched yep. i mean definitely in our decade i would say it, or, yeah, our or, lifetime i guess or you know i mean the i mean what other individual probably has had the opportunity right. with the impact that he had with television and planes and stuff that people before yeah. didn't have but and him to say his biggest regret in life is not spending more time with his children. Yeah. You know, that was, and for me, I find it really challenging because I'm not preaching all the time. I want to yeah. be preaching all the time. Uh, oh, but you yeah. know what? I, I I can do both. I can I can preach and I can be a dad. I have to That's be a dad. It. You know, I got I came, I came home from New Mexico because, uh, and came back to work here because this man, um, he's a safety guy at work. And he was talking about how, him, you know, he he retired from some job or whatever, and and so he was at. They went to this lake in Oklahoma or Texas, somewhere up there, and and he was from Texas, and uh, 
that was the the place they went to all the time for vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he was up there, and his children, his grandchildren, all of them were there, and they were all of his kids were sitting around on the porch telling a story. I, I, I think that's how it went, but it, I'll get the context of what it's about. I'll get that correct. But the he uh, he's like they were telling the story and they were arguing about the details, mm-hmm. and the kids were arguing about the details, and he said. I have no idea what y'all were talking about. And daughter says, well, daddy, it's because you were working. Mm-hmm. And and he just kind of got done saying that, and he didn't go, you guys need to go home. You know, he didn't say nothing. He just yeah. said the truth. And I, I was standing out on uh, Holloman Air Force Base, Alamogordo, New Mexico, and almost died inside. Yeah. Because here I got teenagers who... You know, or in high school, I got a little kid, you know, four, five, six years old, you know, like they're, they need me to be right. there for them. I'm providing financial support by being over there because mm-hmm. I'm making a lot of money over there, yeah. but I'm not there. Right. And what really matters at, at the end of the day is that what we're talking about is, is being a leader in the home, you mm-hmm. know, and active. One of the big things is active, not passive. Yeah. That's not like just being the there. Things yeah. that really how active can I be for my children? Because you can be a godly father, this and that, but being active in it, meaning right. that, um, okay, so this is one of the things, I'm, oh, yeah. you want to finish yours? Because I'm No, 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 okay. no. So one of the things I looked at is like, okay, imagine how your life is, all these extra little things you have going on. Uh, you know, work is an essential. I see that as essential. I'm blessed, man. I'm retired and I'm young. And so I have a little bit, I, I recognize that my view may be a little bit different, but I was, right. I was working at time with kids too. And, but one of the things I, okay, look, let's say, let's say it's fishing. It's, um, you have to go to the store. You got to work on this. You got to do that. All intangible things, things that don't have to be done. What happens if you took all that off the table and said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put that off to the side and all these gaps that are left over. I'm putting my children in it, my family, my wife in it. And then whatever's left, then I can put these other things or, and that's, that's what I started looking at. Or, Hey, you know what? These are things that, you know, kind of intangible, kind of not, you know, I I might, I really kind of have to do them. How can I get my children involved? How can I do them with my children? What do I have to do to change how I do things to where I can involve them or do it while I have them with me? Right. And, uh, I started doing that and you know what? I don't get things done as fast as I usually do. <laughs> I've got many questions. I've got, you know, I may be elbow deep in the sewer system under this, this hundred year old house. And my cat, my kid says, daddy, I'm hungry. Well, okay. Uh, can you wait another five minutes? Five minutes come daddy. I'm hungry. It's like, dang it. Hey, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. That thing is going to still be there when I come back. And it's going to be okay. Right. It's going to take me an extra day now or whatever because I had to stop for this, this, and this. But my children will remember that, that their father, they were he was never too busy. I say never. That's the totality. Of course, sometimes you are yeah. too busy. But uh, he was never too busy. If he could, he stopped, right. you know, to do something for us, you know, or to help us and was able to get whatever else done. So what do you think about the idea um, of having – set aside time for you yeah you got and to have like to have to where you you can just i need a minute yep because you know like they always talk about how men can sit and think about nothing and and then what they'd like to do is find a place and just think about nothing yeah and you can't do that 
Right. If there's kids asking you a thousand questions and you're having to do that. So you need that time. And I'm wondering if, if and of course, scripture, where's the back it up? Mm-hmm. You know, as a meditation time, just get yeah. away, just like you and God are just so to you go do to. something. You I have th- to do I think that. it's essential, whether you're going out in the garden and praying or whatever else, you have to have some kind of reprise, 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 I think, respise care, I think is the word. Uh, somebody's going to correct me on that. Be like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You're probably right. No. Uh, <laughs> he lost me at Marine. Anyway, go yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you have to set aside personal time for yourself. So, right. you know, I'm working on this house right now. And, man, if it's just going to Walmart without the kids, that's a pretty big deal for me uh, and, and stuff like that now. And you have to have that because if not, you're going to you're gonna have too much frustration. You're not going to be able to clear your own head. You're not going to be able to have that quiet time with God. You're not going to be able to rest you have to have some sort of rest in there uh because if you're taking care of everybody else and worrying about all that all the time nobody's going to take care of you you know you have to set that time apart so whether it's okay right now i've been working like seven days a week on this house because i really want to get this house in then i just came here i got my ranch property i'm working on but i know that on this day i already have it in my calendar i don't care what timeline i'm on or my own timeline that i'm setting to get something done i'm not going to do nothing you know, whether that means, hey, I'm going to relax and the kids can play outside, you know, for most of the day, or I'm not going to work and me and the kids are going to do something because right. I've kind of adopted this new thing in life. Yeah, it's great to be able to have that quiet time, alone time, and I think it's a necessity, but it's also great to put aside everything else you have and just, I mean, I've lived in, in Gonzales, there's a Cabela's. Just go to Cabela's with my kids so they can look at the fish tank and the, the animals the stuff, and stuff, yeah. you know, because for me, I'm finding now this part of my life my rest time is just as equal doing it by myself as it is just nothing else but just enjoying something with my children you know and took me a while to get that way um to where i appreciate it equally almost you know i I probably appreciate my quiet time a little bit more sometimes yeah but i don't think there's nothing wrong with that but Uh, you you get quiet time when they're with their mom with their mom and then this is you can you can you have the ability of of saying um you know, like when we're together, a hundred percent. You know, I'm yeah. giving, dedicating it to you, and to the point of almost saying, "Okay, y'all just come sleep in the bed with me," because that way I can spend time with y'all. But like, you can't yeah. do that. You know, like, no. Nah. Well, what, what, what I've also, you have to, you have to set up a family plan almost. Right. You know, like, okay, this is our family plan as as a Christian family. We're gonna worship God. We're gonna, you know, almost like a mission statement, so to speak. And this isn't necessarily biblical. This is just doing life and wanting to be more like God. Well, it's doing things in in order, order. right? And so sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to line out that order. That's it. And so outline that order. (laughs) So one of the things that I've uh, I've done is recognizing that probably every day I do need some alone time a little bit. So my kids, they know seven thirty. They're brushing their teeth, using the bathroom, and every single night I read with my children. Every single night. And whether it's we have like chapter books we're doing because I'm giving them education if I find a good book. I'm showing them that reading is important, not just watching a YouTube or TikTok video. Uh, But, you know, I spend that quality time with them. At first, they weren't too sure about it. But now, like, they love it. They want to know what's going on the next book. So we usually have two books at least we read, a chapter book, uh, usually an educational one of some sort for children, and then the Bible. And so it's either, uh, like, a children's Bible, because my kids are still young. My five-year-old, about to be six, 
it's a little bit too in depth. So you have to really like put it yeah. a little bit more simple. And then, but as I get older, you know, you have to plan to do that. But they're seven thirty. They're brushing their teeth, using the restroom, and then we read. And whenever we finish reading, that's nighttime, and that's it. And it it took a while to get that into them because I don't think that's consistent all the way in their life. But now they're very prone to that. So I know around eight o'clock they're going to be asleep. Maybe I have time to do other things, whether it's bills, whether it's you know, setting something up, doing my outline for the week or whatever. Like I'm, I have to do that. And that's a way to do my quiet time Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day. So I can kind of relax, relax calm down. Yeah. And, uh, and I had something, I don't know where we're at on time, but one of the things too, that I realized as a father that you want to show them behavior, you want to show them uh, patience, you want to show them um, what a temperament looks like, you know, all this you can find, the, the main verse that I'm building off to being a father out the first Timothy, not one Timothy, unless it be Europe and Europe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now I completely forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. So temperament, you know, you want to teach them good temperament. So listen, you're going to get angry at your kids. I don't think it's oh, yeah. possible not to get angry or frustrated with them. And so at some point in time, but there's now I have to put this, I didn't, one, I just, I'm not a, the best father in the world. I'm striving to be one of them, but I've had help from a wonderful woman uh, that I'm now engaged to. And she, man, she is awesome as far as balancing out. I learned from her with the children just as much as she learned from me. And we really work together. One of the things that she showed me with, with children is if you get angry, you get frustrated, you know what? Say, and this works for my five and seven year old. Hey, you know what? Daddy's really frustrated right now. I don't want that to become more, and I don't want you to see that way. So sometimes when we're frustrated, we just need to take a step back, relax, and this. I'm not frustrated at you because of this or that, and sometimes you might be. Uh, so you can be like, I'm frustrated at what you're doing, so Daddy needs a time, and how about we come back to it and revisit it? Or you lose your cool yeah. uh, and be like, you know what? Ah! <laughs> Whatever else. And you stop and say, Listen, I'm I'm sorry. I did not show you what, how it looks and how it's supposed to look to, um, stay calm and things like that. Uh, there's a time for you know you, obviously there's a time for anger and anger is good as long as you have some sort of control over it. Right. You know don't, it doesn't take control over don't you. Don't yeah. Yeah, and so, you know I, I've learned to in those moments and say you know what, Daddy's a little frustrated right now. Can I please have a little bit of a moment? Let me think about it and how about we revisit it. And you'll be surprised. It usually works. Right. And it's good for you. It's good for them because you can calm down. This works as a husband also. Uh, as long as, you know, you and your, your wife will be equally yoked and understand, hey, this is something we have established. Let's not let it get bad. But yeah. realize, hey, I'm getting a little frustrated. Let's just take a step back and revisit this in about 30 minutes. Yeah. And it works, you know. So, Will it work? It worked. Probably not. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No, you just, you, yeah, that's a whole different uh, topic. <laughs> so we, you know, there's different theories. And, and one of the things that I just thought about is that a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that when I have kids, I'm going to do this. Mm. And when I have kids, they're not oh, yeah. going to do that. And it's, it's comical because yeah. I've probably said the same thing. Oh, I know I did. <laughs> And uh, I remember one time I saw a woman had her kid on a leash, hmm. and 
judged that woman yeah. to the moon and back three times probably and and then I had a kid yeah and I was like where's the I need a leash yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and so like you know and it, it's one of them things where um, I always like to grab young mothers especially I spoke to one at church whose baby's almost a year and I, I always like to ask because it's different with women than men yeah right? uh I always like to ask uh, how cool it is, or did you notice how you just naturally knew what to do? Yeah, right. As a mother, and and they'll be like, yeah, you know, just naturally kind of knew. Now, does that mean you get everything right? Absolutely not. No. But it there, it's in you to do that. Fatherhood, I don't know, is the same way, and and it may be, yeah. it may be I, that I, way. I but you, I think a lot of it there. is that. You learn you learn how to lead from what you've seen and what you've watched and what you've yeah. and um, you can you know spend we could do a month of every day doing this and and get into the the role of a single parent versus right. the a good you know two parent home versus yeah. a step parent oh, yeah, versus deep. that's like, why I didn't know lot. where to go with this yeah at first. and then what I, like, I mean man. hey like I've always said that if you come in with a topic that you're passionate about it'll be a better episode. You know, we won't yeah. be sitting around going, well, let's see, what can we talk about? You know, like, so, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up um, is something that God showed me years ago. And and I I won't personally, you know, I got this room set up and it's something that kind of is a reflection of who I am. Yeah. Uh, you see this stuff and it ain't even done yet, you know, with all the cool stuff. Um, but one thing I would love to have on a wall is a patent with my name on it. Mm-hmm. If we don't have to make it, and then I don't have to make a dollar off of it. Yeah. I just want something because it's just, I don't know why it's always been kind of passionate for me. So through the years, I'll try to do this real quick. Uh, I found out that a patent is rewarded to the person who thought about it first. Mm-hmm. So if you come up with an idea and I come up with an idea and you're in Gonzalez and I'm here and then I say, hey, I got this idea. And I go to the patent office and say, hey, I got this idea for this product for a tiller or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. farm equipment or whatever or just whatever. And they're like, okay, cool, cool. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Joe Touye did this already. Then I don't get the patent. Yeah. You know, so you get it, or whoever okay. thought of it first gets it, you know. <laughs> um, I could have done that the other way around. I mean, look at you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I got to thinking about one time, um, you know, God thought of me. When? Yeah. You know, when <laughs> When did he think of me? And wild. it's wild. It's, and so, in essence, yeah, my spirit or my, my flesh wasn't alive, but the thought of me has been way before I was born, way before maybe even Jesus was born, yeah. way before he had already knew who I was and what I would go through, and he already knew who I was. And, and let's just say that the first time he thought of me was 1900, which we know that's not true. Yeah. But my daughter, who was born when I was 25... He had already thought of her too. Yeah. When he thought of her, he thought of me at the same time. So I told, I, I, and that hit me so heavy one night. And I was sitting in the kitchen in there. I, was, I told her, her and my son both, but I was really focusing that on her. Mm-hmm. And and then as I was doing that, I thought, I, I just kind of was just telling her how kind of cool that is. And then I realized that, you know, for some reason, God chose me to be here first. Yeah. And then he chose you to be a part of, of my life. Yeah. Right. And 
am I important more so than you because I've been here longer? No, because we were thought of at the same time. And, and I know that's some, that's some weird thinking, right? So, so I try to tell her, it's like, I, I don't know everything and I haven't always been in the mode of learning how to be a parent so that when I'm a parent, Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't practice how to be a dad when I was 14. Yeah. You know, I was too busy playing baseball and, and Mario brothers. I, I didn't care <laughs> about any of that stuff, but you know, when, when she was born, you know, there's this like all of a sudden understanding. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in church. I was living in California. She was born at Balboa Naval Medical Center. And, um, man, that place is rocky. Yeah. <laughs> So you got the dad jokes down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, that that I got way before actually realizing, you know, to be a better dad, the jokes were way more important at one point. In my life. So, uh, anyhow, we I remember holding her for the first time, and um, and I realized right there. I grew up in church, you know, and I I was a sailor. I was you know, I was a, I was a good sailor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was holding her, and I realized how much God loved me mm. because I'm not giving this thing up for nobody. Yeah. And he gave up his son for me. That's, and that's, that yeah. made, dude, that was so, so empowering. That's how it was when I held Noah, man. Like, I, I was so nervous, you know, becoming a dad. When I first found out, I was like, oh, goodness, everything's going to change, this and that, you know, and, and everything. But when I first held him, right, that is literally the main thing. Like, I, I got a picture of me holding him first, and I have the biggest cheese smile in the world, man. But I remember holding him and looking at it, and I was like, man, I can't imagine God how could he give up his son knowing what was going to happen? Yeah. Like, that's major. I couldn't... Yeah. For me, it gave me a whole other appreciation. I couldn't understand how somebody could do that. That's like a true crazy love. I (laughs) I don't know. uh, That's what was neat is that, like, I realized over the years I've understood more and more about that. It's like, I'm not any more special because I got here first. Yeah. But I, I got experiences that she has it or the other, my other kids have it. She's the oldest one. She's going to be a senior next year. So, wow. <laughs> um, you know, she's, she's, I, I want to do what's in the best for her. I want to do what's in the best for her king, for her kingdom minded. I want to yeah. help her. And, and she's doing great there. And the, the, the crazy thing is like at the end of the day, um, it, it's all about heaven. Right. Yeah. And we have just, but a fleeting time with them. To, to pour into them the right stuff. Hopefully we pour the right stuff in at the right time and make yeah. the mixture right and don't come out with lumpy biscuits, you know, like, and we do the right thing, but we have to have a um, understanding as a parent, as a dad. I think we need to have that yeah. uh, is, is that we will fail yeah. miserably at times and we will do the wrong thing miserably at times and we will put the wrong thing in order or put things out of order trying to do the right thing. Right. A lot, you know, like, uh, like I said, I was in New Mexico trying to raise, make money for our family, but I needed to be here to help. Yeah. Um, I grant, I gained some valuable, uh, insight in line work and building power lines and whatnot while I was out there. Um, and enjoyed my time. It was really cool. Um, uh, but I needed to be here, you know? Yeah. So like, um, the other thing I kind of wanted to hit at and before we run out of time is, uh, is of course there's so much I want to go through. Um, we can always do another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have to one day. Uh, but the other thing is that when when I when I meet guys who are about to have a, a baby, 
Uh, I always explain that one that John three sixteen. Now guys can have kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to edit that one out. <laughs> when, yeah, because absolutely, because you're about to be a dad. It's a big deal. <laughs> so I always, I did it the a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned it to you uh, before we started, is that the most important thing that you can do as a dad is to put the mother mm. first. Yep. And obviously God first, but you put the mom, the mom first. Because when you get married and you become a union and and the Bible says that two become one flesh, and and you know so that that's a union that's not that's not just yeah. two magnets stuck together. That is two different colors of Play-Doh that's been mashed together that you can never separate. That's what yeah. the intent is. And so, and I know that don't always work out, but um, but when your kids leave, you're still with your spouse, your husband, right. and your wife. You're still there together. So you have to put them first, and that has to have that that relationship has to be first because you know because that's who you married, that's who yep. you fell in love with. You know that that you chose them, they chose you. It worked out that way. Kids are just given to you because you decided to have kids. You know, mm-hmm. so like, and and it's a different it's a different uh, responsibility. It's like neat. He was talking earlier about the the importance of the first thing you do when you get home is to be with your kids. I would challenge to say that that's yes and very important but the first thing you need to do when you get home is acknowledge your wife yeah i agree i'm in a mode to where i just have kids right now <laughs> i understand that i understand that but and no, it, i agree that, that's you. why i was kind of like i don't know if i should bring it up <laughs> but no, no that i think that that is the most important thing is that at the end of the day i want my kids to know that they are not my friend mm-hmm. i'm their dad that's it their mother is more important to me than them now because they're going to take that you know, apply that to their life, you know, and that's what you, you want. And, uh, like with that, one of the things I do, uh, for, for my fiance, um, I always open the door for no matter where it's at, what's going on. And I, it's just something I do. I say my lady and I open it up and she gets in and she gushes because I mean, who wouldn't, Uh, (laughs) but no, uh, Christine is like, I don't open the door for her, (laughs) but I do that. But this is the cool thing. Every once in a while, they'll surprise us and open up the door for us and my little girl or, or boy they'll go my gentleman my lady because I open it for her and I'm always the last one I say my little my little man whenever he goes in my little lady and stuff like that well they every once in a while surprises us and does that for us and it is the most awesome thing because right. they're realizing that uh, and we'll explain sometimes they want to play or be a part hey you know what me and uh, you you can just explain hey me and mommy or whatever sometimes we need time for ourselves and that's all part of the teaching like the when I wrote down a thing, what should we be teaching our kids? Like the third one was marriage or relate. And then fourth was relationships. It was God and love was the first two, you know? So that is very important. I agree because whatever they see is what they're going to look for, uh, in a spouse, but whatever they see should be modeled off of what scripture is and what God says, how a husband and a wife and a marriage should look. So you want to make sure you don't mess that up because that's, man that that's the most choosing your spouse is the most critical the most important and long-lasting decision you'll ever make you know granted y'all live to be 80 years old and you know you're married for 60 i don't know i'm not good at spelling but i don't know what that number is but uh (laughs) so granted that that's the biggest thing and how you treat them is gonna (laughs) extend forever so like with that one of the things i had i wrote and you were talking about uh 
you know, your kid and then you have your kids and that's the thing you focus on. One of the things I wrote on one of the pages was you have to look at your life. Let's say, because, you know, this spelling is easier. You have 80 years, uh, <laughs> no math, you have 80 years. Let's say, you know, these numbers aren't precise, but let's just say one to 20, you're learning how to be a kid. You're learning hopefully from your parents and, and whatnot. And then, and this goes into prioritizing your life. People want to do what they want to do sometimes throughout their whole life. But if you look at it this way, and this is how I'm trying to look at it mostly going forward, and that's based off of the scripture and me being a household leader of the household, one to 20 years, let's say I fall under my parents, I'm learning. Hopefully we all have good parents, and it doesn't always happen, but they're teaching us. But let's just say from 20, I don't know, 45 to 50, 55 years old, that time is if you have children, you're sowing into them. That is what I see now that time frame to be. Yeah, hey, let's say you want to go do this stuff and this stuff. Guess what? After they're, you know, hopefully you, you show a good example. Once they're having their own families, hopefully you still have 55 to 80 years, you know, of being able to really relax and live your life how you want. Because whenever we have kids, our priorities need to shift. It's no longer I want to go out and do this and this and this. That We make a decision to have children. We make a decision to bring them into the world if you do make the decision. And if you don't, it happened. That becomes your your priority. Everything else can be put aside because you know what? You have a whole other time in life God puts for you in there. And hopefully you teach them right. And they're going to be able to take care of you and change right. your diapers. And so, <laughs> you know, but that's one of the things I'm really looking at lately is, is and really the totality of what got me on this topic and, and what has me so passionate about it. it's never too late to look at your life and be like okay I could have done this differently or I should do this differently um, I don't care how much I'll contradict the beginning of my life and everything else it's just like, like you have a salvation it don't matter what you were before you accept Christ and you're, you're a new creation you have a whole life ahead of you so at any point in the same thing you look at your life it's like man I'm really messing up you know what? It's easier just to keep doing that or say, you know what? I need to stop what I'm doing. I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. And whatever that takes to do that, whether it's taking a month off of work if you can or whatever, even if you can't, make it happen. You have to do something extreme sometime to be able to have your life line back up, to be able to say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. This isn't what's supposed to be. I need to change this. I need to do that. You have to really look at yourself and, and say, you know, it's not about whatever I want to do. I really need to say, look at it and say, you know what, I can do this better and I'm going to do it now. And that's kind of the point to where I was. I don't think I was a bad father. I don't think I was really necessarily a bad husband, so to speak, you know, but I do realize there are things at uh, 39, almost 39 years old uh, that I can change and it's never too late because whenever, you know, I go to the pearly gates and, and whatnot, you know, but whenever I have to answer for what I've done, there's going to be a pump moment and God knows what we're thinking. He's going to be like, you know, I know you thought that at 39 or 37, whatever. And you just said, you know what? Nah. Yeah. Nah. You know, it'll be nice, but nah, I can't do it. It's not this or that. Why didn't you, why didn't you, you could have done it. Yeah. You know? And so I don't want to be in that position to where I just said, you know what? I don't care about being a better father, a better husband, this or that. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, 
there's never a time for you to stop, whether you got to do counseling, whether you got to start studying, listening to awesome podcasts like this one, uh, <laughs> and whatever else, do it. And that yeah. applies for your marriage and as a father. Right. It Absolutely, does not yeah. matter what it is. If you think, oh, it can't be done, you know, this or that, do whatever you have to do for it to be done. And then in that way, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You've right. done everything you can. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I looked at my life and I was like, you know what? I could be a way better father. I didn't really understand how much of a better father I could be. I didn't understand how much of a better husband I can be and be to my future bride. And, you know, I don't have it all figured out. Step that. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) So uh, as we shut down here, I got, I want to kind of, now that I just brought up the stepdad thing, I want to say something real quick. Uh, If you go through the Matthew 1, the lineage, uh, it goes from Abraham all the way down to Jesus. If you read that, of course, we know that through the prophecy that Jesus was going to come from the tribe of Judah, right? And so through, he's the son of David. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it comes from that line. So you go through there, it gets to verse six and it says, and to Jesse was uh, born David the king and David Solomon and on and on. Um, but if you get to verse 16, I think it is. Yeah, it says, verse 16, you know, the begat. So if you're reading mm-hmm. King James, it says, And to Jacob was born Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Joseph was not Jesus' father. Yeah. yeah. But the entire first 17, 16 chapters or verses of the first ch- book of the New Testament is the lineage of Joseph. Yeah. And, and then there's another spot where it's the lineage of Mary, but the... There's there's relativity to being a stepdad. Oh yeah. I had a fantastic stepdad. Uh, Junior was one of and tomorrow's his birthday too, which is cool. That's cool. And uh, uh, he he was one of the greatest stepdads that you could ever have. And that he uh, he loved NASCAR, and, <laughs> and uh, he loved to shoot pool and like and he he'd work on cars and stuff. My dad didn't do that. You know yeah. that wasn't his stuff, and and that's fine because it's just everybody's different. Uh, I mean, I'm upset there's not a race on Father's Day weekend because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Father's Day. I mean, I finally get a chance to say, hey, it's my day. I'm going to watch this race, but there's yeah. no race. You know, they had one on Mother's Day, but not Father's Day. But anyway, <laughs> so it's just like, and all that I get to pour into my life because of, of him, you know, right. like, and my stepmom is awesome too. It was an amazing woman. And, uh, and so um, if you're a stepdad listening in or you're about to be one, yeah. Um, there's huge challenges to that. Absolutely. And, you know, like with Joseph had to look at the fact that the kid, his kid that he's having to take care of. How am I going to live up to his real father? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, and there's a lot of extra challenges, especially when those kids are 10 and they've known both or, you know, if they've never known anything else is a totally different thing, but it's still a big deal. Yeah. So to all the stepdads, you know, like thank you you know because it's they always make the joke of the stepdad stepped up you know yeah but but then it always makes the real dads look bad sometimes right who are sitting there with their kids you hey. know hey my kid's sitting right here why are you talking, he's just talking about stepdads being better that that's one thing man you you it doesn't matter you you you're in that father position right. it, it doesn't matter if it's your birth child or not right adopted yeah adopted it does not matter you know uh you you, there's no difference yes you know there's a a different physical bond and whatnot because 
you know, they're actually of your lineage, so to speak, but uh, you can't treat it any different. You do, there is different challenges, and believe me, man, like, I looked into it, and I was like, okay, uh, how do I approach these things, and, and stuff like that, and one of the first things whenever, uh, I guess, me and Sarah started dating, and then again, whenever we proposed, and, and her son was part of the proposal thing, so we worked on that together, which was awesome. I, and, saw, I uh, saw the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, one of the things I told him right in the beginning, I was like, listen, I'm not here to be your real father. I'm not here to replace your father. I will love you like as if I'm your actual father, and um, and, think, and I don't ever want you to think I'm trying to take you away fill that role or anything like I'm here to love you just as much as my kids and I want to encourage your relationship with your father just as much right and that was very important that I did that to him or with him and explained and I think he appreciated that uh you know it's kind of hard he's I think 11 maybe at the time I, I don't know not good at spelling uh <laughs> but I think that's a very very important thing um right but well thanks for coming Oh, well, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry me. I can't give you more time. <laughs> oh, sorry, right. you don't want to hear me we, just we, talk, talk, I, and talk. <laughs> you and I talked the minute I started talking about a podcast. There's another episode that I want to do and get you in here for that. So I have to catch you in your town sometime. Yeah, uh, and get some guys in here and a heavy one. Um, but we can talk about that later. Um, That's a PTSD. Is yeah. That one? yeah, yeah, man. We got to do that too. So absolutely. Um, but thanks. I'm sorry I probably didn't get through half your notes, huh? I don't even know, man. Probably not, but I mean, I, kind of, I probably could have went on for a couple of days or so. And so. I figured the reason you're not good at spelling is because your last name's spelled <laughs> Tullier and it's pronounced Tullier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, I've been, I've been. And you, you know, grew up in ruined. Gonzales, which is Spanish. Don't yeah, talk about the fact man, that. Man, I've been ruined since I was born with this. You know, it's just I never had a fighting chance. Uh, well, man, thanks for thanks for being here, being a part of it. No, thank you for having you me. Pray us out. Yeah, uh, Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. Uh, we thank you so much for the example that you have given us uh, to be a father. We thank you for your word and your instruction that leads us to becoming a better father, to become good fa- a good father. Lord, we just uh, pray, I pray that those men out there that, are, that may listen to this, they re-examine their life, re-examine their priorities, and, and really think, uh, Lord, just show them what it means to have a family-first ministry, to sow into your spouse, to sow into your children, and see the importance of that. Lord, I pray for those who are afraid to make changes, Lord, that we rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, that any fear that comes over them or doubt that comes over them, it completely goes away, and the Holy Spirit fills that with comfort, fills that with motivation, Lord, uh, with divine direction. Lord, and clear answers. I pray for all those fathers, Lord, that's out there and and that's just struggling, Lord. Uh, I pray for relief. I pray for peace for them, Lord. I pray just, Lord, that you show them the way that they see the way that you have provided for them through Scripture, uh, Lord, and they become hungry to be better fathers. They become hungry to be that teacher to their children, uh, Lord, like we are called to be. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak here. I thank you for this podcast that Jonathan has put together, and I pray that there is great progress with that, great uh, benefit to that to many people, Lord. Uh, We just love you. We worship you, and we praise you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joe, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I didn't even know it was Father's Day until like a couple days ago coming up. (laughs) I was like, oh, really? That was quick. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening.